This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, the program is Soul to Soul, and this is Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Pashas, Vayelech, the first Shabbos of the year, Tov Shin Pei Beis, and a very, very warm welcome to our entire radio family for joining us again this year as we learn Torah together on, together on a Friday afternoon, getting ready for the impending and upcoming Shabbos. And thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I hope that you had an amazing Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah where you were inspired, Rosh Hashanah where you felt a connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whether you were in Shul, and I hope you were, or even if you were still by yourself at home, you were able to, through the davening, to be able to somehow find that feeling of being banamatem, of being connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and feeling the warmth and feeling the love and, and uh, therefore being able to prepare yourself for the judgment day that we went through. But now we turn. Now it's Shabbos Shuvah. This week is Shabbos Shuvah. Let's prepare ourselves for, for Yom Kippur. And the Tzadik Rabbi Naftali from Ravshitz, of course, was one of the great Rebbes in, in Galatia in the beginning of the 19th century. And he became very, very famous amongst the, uh, the, the, uh, Chassidim because of his, his sharpness, because of his incredible kind of, uh, kind of insights, where, which, which he kind of revealed a, 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 a tremendous, tremendous sensitivity to, to get into other, to other, to other, uh, other people. One of his famous, Statements, well-known Tzadik's, uh, uh, statements is, it's better for me that I should be the partner of a, uh, of a person who is, uh, of a Chacham, even if I'm in Gehendam, than to be the friend of a fool in, in, uh, in Ganeden. One of his drushes on, on Shabbos Shuva. So Rav Naftali said, to his, to his, uh, to his audience. And he says, I, I, uh, Mistama says, most likely, uh, most of you know that you're looking during these days to try to find some kind of plan, some kind of, uh, etza to, to exonerate yourself, to be innocent, to be declared off the hook and to be given a, 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 a wonderful year before, before the Boreal, before the, before the Rabbanishlag. He says, I have for you an amazing, amazing, tried and proven, but very simple advice. How one can, one can, it's, he says, it's, it couldn't be simpler. The simplest way to get off the hook of the judgment as, as we approach the Yom Adin. And what is that? All I want is that for each one of you to accept upon yourself that for at least the last three days before Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is going to be on Thursday. So you can sort of do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Three days, that's it. Before Yom Kippur, which is coming, you should uh, uh, very, very, very careful in those three days, to try not to do an Avera. If you can do that, it's amazing. Why? Because Achachomim said 
in the Gemara in, in Brachas, that Rishayim, wicked people, who actually judges them? Yetzirah Shaiftam. The Yetzirah is amongst the tribunal that, that judges them. In other words, what it means is that those Rishayim, right, who are unfortunately, uh, their whole life is one big Avera, so they get judged afterwards by the very same Yetzirah that in, 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 suited, in, in, in induced them and, and incited them to do all these Averas, he's going to be the one that sits on the panel that judges them. Now, we know there's an accepted halacha, Gemara and Sanhedrin uh, 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 says it, that a Sine, someone who's known to be an enemy of the, of the, of the plaintiff or, or the defendant, or one of the parties involved, if, if, if the, if the judge is known to be an enemy, so he's not allowed to sit on the panel. It makes sense. He's not going to be objective. And the Gemara wants to know who's considered to be an enemy. The Gemara says, actually a Mishnah says, anyone who didn't speak to another person for three days because of the hatred, that's already considered to be an enemy. So therefore, said Rav Naftali, it's very simple. If, if at the time, if a person has no contact at all with the Yetzirah for three days before, uh, uh, sort of straight before Yom Kippur, so then the Yetzirah will have the din of a sign you haven't spoken to him for three days because you hate him. And therefore, when he's going to sit down to judge you, they're going to say to him, Aras, get out of here. You're not eligible to be on this, on this, uh, on this panel. And if you can do that, then we have a guarantee that all of us will be written and sealed down and sealed together, straight away for a wonderful good life. This is one one point nine high and soul to soul. There's much more coming. Stay around. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on one hundred one point nine High FM. One one point nine High FM, soul to soul. Back on your radio, air of Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Vayelach, the first Shabbos of Tough Shin Pei Days. I hope your Rosh Hashanah was amazing. So we're learning this week, which may be the sh- shortest parsha. Of the entire year, only 30 psukim, but it's still back, back, full of important things. In fact, very, very, uh, early in the parsha, about in the, uh, eighth pasuk, it says, Hashem, who Hashem is the one, he goes before you, who he will be with you. And this is such an important lesson. In this time of year, and that says me true. You know, Hakadosh Baruch Hu never leaves us. He listens to all of our tefillahs. The reply that we receive may not be what we want, right? But we have no question that Hashem has listened during our our periods of real nisyonus, of real tests, when we think that we're all by ourselves. We're never. By ourselves. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there sharing our pain. Sadly, some people have great difficulty 
coping with pain to the point that they become overwhelmed with despair and give up hope. They forget that a loving father in Shemayim guides the world and whatever occurs is by his divine decree. While it is understandable, of course, to feel anxious, to lament, to grieve, despair reflects a lack of faith. A Jew believes in Hashem and knows that Hashem listens to us. While this may not take away the pain of the loss, it does make it somewhat easier to bear. A Holocaust survivor who had lost his entire family immigrated to Eretz Yisrael following the liberation. Depressed and dejected, he turned to the Chaznish, hoping to receive some kind of some words that would give him, give him, uh, hearten him because he had unfortunately descended to a point where he felt that his service of Hashem had waned terribly and perhaps even worse, that he didn't even care anymore. The Chaznish listened to his tale of woe and related the following story to him. A woman ran a lucrative business without any assistance from her husband. One day, she took a large amount of money with her and traveled to the large wholesale market to purchase wares for resale in her shop. Unfortunately, she somehow lost her money pouch. She was frantic, so she immediately went to the rub of the city to announce publicly that anyone who found a money pouch should return it forthwith to the rough. After a while, a man appeared at the rub's home and claimed that he had found the money pouch. He felt that because it had been some time since it was lost, the owner of the bag had surely despaired, surely been miyayish and, and, and despaired of getting it back. And therefore, it belonged to him, according to the principle, that once the owner gives up hope of the return of a lost object, the finder may keep it. The robe was not certain how to rule with regard to this case, because the man's claim to the bag of money was not without merit. He decided to present the question to the covenant of Rav Yitzchak Khan Inspector for his ruling in the matter. The covenant of ruled that the money should be returned to the woman, as the money did not really belong to her. As long as she is married, her possessions actually belong to her husband. Thus, whatever money she had was her husband's money. Since he was unaware that he had been, that it had been lost, so he could not be miyayish, he couldn't give enough hope. The wife's yush was worthless because it wasn't her money. Having said this, said the Chaznish, it's no different in your situation. You may not or cannot 
Bimiyayish, despair over your situation. Since your life and mission in this world is not under your control. You were sent here by Hashem to live out your life and serve Hashem by glorifying His name in the world. You do not own yourself. You belong to Hashem and He has not given hope on, on you. Hope is not optional for a Jew. It is part of our very DNA. That we believe in Hashem who has never forsaken us. Rather than focus on the negative, we need to look back on the positive. Kaveh El Hashem, we're saying this all month, Kaveh El Hashem, Chazek V'yamets Libech of the Kaveh El Hashem. Hope to our Kaddish Baruch Hu is the only way for us to live. It's through the medium of hope that we have been able to put ourselves up and out of all the muck of, of, of despondency to emerge stronger with renewed faith in HaKadosh Baruch A well-known story of which a number of kind of versions abound characterizes Jewish hope and resilience during the worst moments of our collective history. Simchas Torah is meant to be a joyous yontif filled with dancing with the Torah, with celebrating our relationship with it. In Auschwitz, the joyous holiday, like so many others, was far from joyous. People were in pain. People were suffering from fear. People were dying. They had no one with which to dance. On some Chastari night, an elderly Jew, a Jew who had lost Everything, every member of his family had been murdered. Still had one thing that kept him going. Hope. He walked over to a young boy and asked, Do you know the Shema? The young boy answered, Yes, I know the Shema and much more. The Shema will do, the man replied. At that moment, the man called to the others on the block, Says Rabbi it's some chastera. It's not to dance around the Torah and sing. The man, the man lifted up the boy as the Torah is lifted and embraced him the way one embraced the Torah. The other Jews danced around the old man with his Torah. The young boy who represented the future of the Jewish people, they danced and wept tears of hope, not despair. This is who we are. And this is why we continue to survive. We are all here on a mission. As such, we continue until the moment that we can say, mission accomplished. And we know this is such a pivotal time of the year for us. It's a time where everything hangs in the balance. And it's a time where we're quite prone to kind of really be hard on ourselves and and kind of say, you know, last year, let's say, wasn't such a great year for us. You know, maybe we didn't do as many mitzvahs. Maybe we didn't learn as much as we ourselves know that that we could have. And therefore, like, 
what's the point? Am I going to even survive this year? What's the point of even making the effort? And, and of course the answer is that all our Kaddish Baruch wants from us is to continue to make an effort. Don't despair. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your ability that just because maybe until now you haven't achieved everything you could achieve, that you cannot change, that you cannot become something better, that you cannot repair the damage one's done to, in one's relationship to HaKadosh Baruch That's what this time is for. We can turn around, we can put on brakes and just change direction and go in the other way. It doesn't make a difference if you're on exit 1 on the motorway or exit 297. As long as you are going in the right direction, Hashem loves you and Hashem wants you and Hashem will help you get to where you need to, to get. 101.9 Chai FM, the program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Vayelach, the very first Shabbos of the year, Tough Shin Pei Beis, and I hope your Rosh Hashanah was an amazing, amazing and inspiring one. So of course, since we're now in the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, what's called the Aseris Yemei Hatishuva. Let's talk a little bit about the incredible imports, power, and potential of these, of these, uh, days. And I'm gonna base myself a lot on the writings of Rav Shimshin Pincus in describing as to what these days are all, are all about. So first of all, we have to understand that, you know, the Pasuk in, in Yeshaya says, we read it yesterday in the Haftar on the fast day. It says, Hashem says, My thoughts, the way I think, is not the way human beings think. And nor are their ways my ways, says HaKadosh Baruch And this, this Pasuk is, 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 makes a lot of sense. But the truth is, we actually see the world very, very different than what the reality is. We think that the way we perceive what goes on in this world is the, the truth, and that's what a human being normally, normally uh, does. Whatever we're used to, whatever has become commonplace by us, that must be the reality. That must be the truth. But the truth is that the actual reality of the world has nothing to do with the way we under we understand it. And if we could just bring, a, I guess, an, an analogy. You know, if a person can take a small child and stand with him by a window. So the adult's looking out the window and the child is looking out the same, the same window. They're both looking at exactly the same scene, but each one is going to see something very, very different. The adult's going to see houses. He's going to see Cars, the child will see shapes and he's gonna see colors because that's, that's his, uh, his, his world, right? Now, you know, it's, they're each getting their own idea of, of the picture, but you can't say that the, the child is getting the full gamut of the experience of what he's actually, of what he's actually seeing. 
That's us. We have to know that what we see is not really the, the, the reality. There's only one way that we can possibly understand what is actually the reality and what is actually happening in this, in this world. And that is, as we know, kiner mitzvah v'tayrah are, right? The mitzvahs are a candle and Torah is the light that can illuminate for us. Only through it do we get some kind of understanding of what the reality of the, of the reality is. And this very, very uh, superficial look at the world is very, very apparent when we come to think about what is the concept of the ten days of, uh, of, of the tshuva. We kind of look at it as some kind of a, a, a dream. I don't know, you know, kind of got to do a little thing and if you make a little attempt and maybe God will, will pick us up and, and, and take us somewhere. We don't really see the, the reality. We're so, we are so preoccupied with, you know, uh, oh, Yom Kippur is going to come and Yom Kippur is going to be such a difficult day. What can I do to make Yom Kippur as easy a fast as possible? If I eat uh, three dates, whatever it is, everyone has their own recipe. We will be getting so into, you know, how to, how to, how to remedy uh, Yom Kippur. Oh yeah, I hope the, the aircon in shul is going to be, is going to be the right, the right, uh, the right temperature. You know, and it's like uh, kind of, but we're totally missing the point. You know, it's like taking a person who lived a thousand years ago and putting him in the cockpit of a of a modern sort of generation uh, uh, passenger plane. All he's going to see, he's going to see lots of machines, going to see lots of buttons, but he's actually not seeing anything. He doesn't understand the reality of what of what there is in front of him. There's a, 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 a one 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 guy who once said that the the uh, and, and perhaps uh, he said it at, at, at a, a gathering that was held after Nebuch in a certain community, a number of people had died in a very very short time, and he said something to the effect that if we had davened a bit harder and put more effort into. Who knows if any or all of these of these tragedies would actually have happened? That's the real way to look at it. This is the Tyrus perspective on these awesome days of of uh, of of tshuva. The Gemara in Erevin says it has actually has a question on uh, when we daven on Rosh Hashanah. We know Rosh Hashanah is also actually. Rosh Chodesh is the first day of the month of Tishrei. So do we mention Rosh Chodesh in our davening on Rosh Hashanah? And the Gemara's conclusion is no. That we don't actually mention specially Rosh Chodesh, but when we call Rosh Hashanah Yom HaZikorai Nazir, the day of remembrance, so that also includes and envelops the fact that it is, that it is a Rosh Chodesh. Now, the going in, in Adaris Elio, on the, actually on the fourth day of creation, explains the depth of this, of this Gemara. He says the intention of the Gemara is that a month is considered one unit of, of a year. And when a person does something good on any day of the year, 
So of course that's a, a, a Misa of that, of that day. And the strength and power of that Misa is, well, can hold him for a day or for an hour. It goes into his, into his diary for that day. It says in, in, in uh, contradistinction to that, any good deeds that we do during the Asesime Tshuva, these are actions that actually have effect and have profound difference over the entire, the entire year. A person who damns a good Shman essay in the Asesime Tshuva, and he says, Zachreinu l'chaim, remember us for life, it doesn't mean that he's, sta- he's standing now and davening. Practically speaking, we consider it as if he's he's grabbing the whole year at the moment and dominating now for the whole year. The, the strength of good deeds and the strength of davening done during this time has a profound effect on the entire year. One good deed in Ases Mechuvah is something that is going to reverberate throughout the entire year. Therefore, it's easy to understand. I don't need to mention Rosh Chodesh because Rosh Hashanah is much, much greater than Rosh Chodesh because the Maisim Rosh Hashanah, which is the first day of the Aseh Smei encompasses everything else in the, in the, uh, in the year. Now, the Yerushalmi in, in Shkalim says that the early Hasidim, so that, uh, they used to accept gifts. Only, the only time of the year where they accepted gifts was during the Aseris Meitshuva. But after Yom Kippur and for the rest of the year, they were, they refused to receive a gift from anyone. And the reason is because once Yom Kippur has come, everything is already, uh, uh fixed and, and, uh, you can't, you can't change anything. What, what the Yushami means, there's a, a well-known marshal of the, uh, of the Chavetz Chaim. If you have, let's say, someone, a, he has a, a pot that's full of, of water. And there's a, a tap on one side to get water out. Now, if the person would want to get the water out more quickly, so then his option is to install a second tap. If you put a second tap, then the water will come out faster. But there's nothing you can do to change the amount of water in, in the pot. Because you can't get more water out of the pot than there was. So he says, so too, the whole year, there's no, there's no value at all to to accepting presents because we know that whatever uh, money a person is going to receive during the course of of the of the year has already been decided during the 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 judgment that's what he's going to have you can't grab anything more than what you're supposed to get and if a person try to get uh, grab a gift from someone else wow so that's going to be on, on account of somewhere else. If someone gives you 50 bucks, well, then some, in somewhere else in the accounting of what you're supposed to receive during that year, 
you're going to now have to, Hashem's going to have to take away 50 bucks. So they wouldn't take any, any gifts. But during Aserish Mechuba, so the Gemara says in, in, uh, in Beitza, it's well known that all the income of a person is fixed from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. But there seems to be a contradiction to that because we know that the, the sealing of the judgment actually takes place on Yom Kippur. So one second, is it Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah or is it Yom, or is, is it sort of Yom Kippur to Yom Kippur? How does it work? So the Gemara says that if something happened to a person between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, so you always wonder, was that something that was decided just recently this past Rosh Hashanah or is it still a holdover from last Rosh Hashanah? So the Gemara comes out that something that, uh, that transpires between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur was part of the Gezerah from last year. So we see on one side that one's income is fixed from Rosh Hashanah, and on the other side, we see that the Hasimah takes place on, on Yom Kippur. How does that work? So we have to say, what is correct is that the income of a person is actually fixed from Rosh Hashanah, but the accounting period carries on until after Yom Kippur. The ten days of of tshuva, as far as that's concerned, they're still days of in between. They're days that that fall between the two accounting accounting periods. These are days that you can't sort of uh, 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 put them into either category. And therefore, during those particular days, a person could take something, if you, obviously if it's legal for him to take it, and, and there's no cheshpin during, during, during these days. What a person is going to take during that time is not going to be, is not going to deduct from whatever it is that has been uh, allocated to him for that financial year. And therefore, the, the, the first chassidim would, would accept gifts during the time of Aseris Yimei because they knew that that wasn't going to deduct at all from their finances for the whole, for the whole year. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make a difference because the allocation may be made on Rosh Hashanah. The budget is passed, but it's only ratified and only comes into effect from, from, uh, from Yom, Yom Kippur. The, the, uh, the understanding of the assessment Shiva in a, in a, uh, in a deeper format is that it's, it, uh, it, it creates something huge. The going says that the assessment Shiva, he calls them, these are days of sun. What does that mean? Says, you know, the, the lunar year that Jews follow, the, 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 the year of the moon is 354 or 355, sometimes depending on how many were Shredish. Let's call it 355 days. The, the solar year is 365 days. The difference is 10. Says these are the 10 days of, of Tshuva. These are the 10 days of, of differential between the sun and the, and, and the moon. 
And we know, of course, that the, the, the sun always refers to Olam Haba. And what is the essential difference between this world, Olam Hazeh, and Olam Haba? This world, so this world is a world that was created primarily with a, a cheshpen of exactness of giving you what, what you, what you need and what you deserve. Beratius Barlakim. This world is a world of everything is organized. Every moment, there's, there's an order. There's a routine. For every moment, there's a calculation. What did you do with that moment? Olam Haba is completely different. Yes, of course, there's a judgment. Will a person get into Olam Haba? But the whole judgment is, do you have the, I guess you call it the passport, to be able to get into Olam Haba? But the moment a person gains admittance into Olam Haba, there, there's no longer any calculation. When a person already gets into Olam Haba, so all the chesed, all the, the, all the, the outlets of Hashem's goodness are open full force. There's, there's gifts everywhere without any, any limit, limitation. It's belief safe. It's without end and without any kind of regulation or limitation. In Olam Abba, there are no fixed portions. It's a world of just chesed and chesed has no, has no limits. In fact, the, the, the word chesed and it says the word busha, embarrassment, go together because generally chesed is without limit at all. But the problem is in this world, when we do chesed, if we do too much chesed, usually the recipient gets embarrassed. And, and, and he says, kind of says to himself, I don't deserve all that, all that, uh, all that kindness. Right? Everything that we go through in this world, through, through, uh, through, uh, Torah, Mitzvah, so all the efforts that we make in our lives to try to strive and grow in a, in a spiritual way, the only point of it is to be able to pay for the ticket in order to get into Olam Abba. The moment we get into Olam Abba, and if the only way we get in is through this, uh, 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 if we only get in through Chesed, then we'd be embarrassed. Then when we, when we go into Olam Abba and we get this huge outpouring of Hashem's Chesed, we'd be very, very embarrassed. But after a person has gotten into Olam Abba on the strength of his actions and his efforts and all the good things that he's done, then he feels entitled to enjoy and bask in all the pleasures, everything that's going to be in, in, in that world in an unlimited way. The Aseris Yimei are days of chesed. And that's why it's actually brought down in the Zayir HaKadosh that the Aseris Yimei these are the days of the 13 Midas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rachamim, days without any limit, days without any any uh, uh, kind of restraint on how much a person can accomplish during during that 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 time. 
And this, of course, is the great kindness of, of our Kaddish Baruch Hu. The great kindness that, uh, that applies during Nasesh Meitshuva is that the judgment that happens during those days is done through God's infinite chesed. Right? In, in the middle of all the chesed that says Meitshuva, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does his din. And that's the only way we have a real chance to pass the, the, the judgment. In other words, if you have a child, a child comes home from school and he has a really, really lousy report card. And his father gets very, very upset. And his father is now preparing for him. Oh, he's gonna get, he's gonna get punished. He's gonna be grounded. He's gonna lose all the, all the privileges that his father promised him. He's gonna punish him, etc., etc. In the meantime, while the father's pun- uh, uh, planning all these terrible things for him, the little kid finds his, his father's old hat and he puts it on and comes into the room and the father suddenly sees his child and he packs up laughing. Suddenly, all the punishments are gone. And, and instead of a, a judgment day, now there's laughter and, 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 and great camaraderie, great, great love. Right? If that child would have come and tried to convince his father not to punish him, it would have been a long and arduous process to get his father to agree not to enact all the things the father was planning to do. It would take him a much longer time. Father wouldn't have been so willing, because you know, last year he also, last year he also got a lousy report card, and he promised to improve himself, and uh, obviously it hasn't, uh, it hasn't happened. But, the moment he, uh, he uh, sort of, this one moment he, he dressed up and, and got the father happy, that changed, that changed everything. On Rosh Hashanah, Kodesh Baruch sits on the, on the chair of Din. And through the Shafer, the Shafer, Shafer changes everything. And instead of judgment, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does the judgment with a chesed, with a love, with a, a tremendous adoration that he has for Kleiser. And therefore these days are days of chesed and rachman. Through the Shafer, it transforms everything. Where instead of Chas Hashem, it might have been a strict look at what we haven't done. The whole look changes and all becomes about, about doing Chesed and, and Rachamim during, during these days. That's an opening. So we have so much opportunity. We have so much chance. You know, the small things that we would do now have tremendous, tremendous importance. And that's where we gotta get busy. There's still six days left. Yom Kippur, lots of chance to do mitzvahs, lots of times to utilize and capitalize on the great chesed that exists during the time and make an impact that's going to reverberate not only through today, not only through this week, but something that can be felt and have impressions for us for the rest of the year Tavshin Pei Beis. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Ev Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Vayelech, the first Shabbos 
of the new year, Tough Shin Pei Base. Thank you for being with us, and as we always do at this time on the show, just to talk about the important details you need to know for this coming Shabbos, first Shabbos of the year. So the earliest time for lighting candles uh, today is at quarter to five, 4.45 is the earliest time. And of course, we are so hard trying this week to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we mean business, that we want to be the best we possibly can be. And in fact, of course, we know that the first week of the year sets the tone for the entire year. And therefore, on the first Shabbos of the year, boy, do we want to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we are eager for his beautiful Shabbos Kodesh to begin. We are so, so desirous of being enveloped in the world of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shabbos. We are going to get going as quickly as possibly can. Nothing wrong with getting those candles on quarter to five. Bring the aura of Shabbos into your home early and start, start enjoying, start quelling, start growing in the beautiful, beautiful vibes that Shabbos can give, can give off. And of course, if you're going to shul, and you should be going to shul, then of course you'll fit in with their time schedule. The latest time for benching licht to, to, uh, tonight is going to be at 541, 19 minutes before six is the latest time. Make sure that you've got everything organized, that the candles are up, that definitely Shabbos has come into your home by by that moment. Uh, uh, which, if uh, Lech Benching is at 541, that would make then uh, Shkia at one minute to six. You don't want to be anywhere near that time in getting your Shabbos organized. Make sure you steer quite clear of that, of that very, 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 very sort of latest injury time situation. 541, set that as your absolute uh, deadline. If you therefore you want to dive in Mayrav at night and not have to repeat the, the Kriyashma, so by 617, you can then dive in Mayrav, say Shema, and then sit down to a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos meal. You know, we haven't eaten in such a long time. Yontif was only two days ago. We're hungry again, especially since we fasted. Uh, yesterday on, on, uh, on Son Gedalia. So a beautiful Shabbos meal is very, very much, uh, desirable and look forward to. Tomorrow, of course, we lay in Pashas Vayelach, the shortest Kri Satera of the year, just 30, Sukkim, I shouldn't say the shortest, the shortest Parsha of, of the year, just 30 Sukkim. And then, of course, because it is Shabbos Shuva, we read the special Haftarah with that Name Shuva Yisrael from Menavi Hoshea and a few other little pieces uh, attached. All, of course, on the theme of getting our act together and coming back to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and doing and doing uh, and doing Shuva. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at six thirty-one, right? Twenty-nine minutes before seven. It's already past the halfway mark after half after half past six, and of course. We are in the middle of the Aseris Yemei Tshuva, heading towards Yom Kippur, which of course will be on Wednesday night and Thursday will be, will be the great day of, of, uh, of, of Yom Kippur. So let's, you know, around this time, everyone is looking for ways to make sure that they sort out any interpersonal issues they might have with other people, any, any, uh, problems they have. And of course, you know, we know it's a well-known principle. 
in the Mishnah that Yom Kippur cannot atone for sins that are committed between one man and his friend, Ben Odom Lachaveray, unless one first has sought to to appease, right? Whoever it is he has wronged and and gotten that person's forgiveness. And this, the, the incredible power of Yom Kippur to atone for sins cannot be activated, so to speak, unless one has first assuaged any hurt feelings that, that he has, that he has caused. Now, asking for forgiveness is usually <laughs> quite an unpleasant task where it has to actually, one has to lower himself to admit his wrongdoing to his fellow man. Now, since people naturally wish to avoid such kind of painful or embarrassing uh, encounters, so they delay asking for forgiveness for as long as possible. Right? Now, recognizing this factor, Chazal established Erev Yom Kippur as the final deadline. Since everyone wants to maximize Yom Kippur's potential to cleanse and purify all of us from any Averis. So, of course, uh, 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 that becomes the, the, the impetus to ask people for, for, for Mochila. Now, one has to be asked to be forgiven for any type of act that may have harmed another person, whether physical, verbal, financial nature, and, and whether the act was committed directly, right, to the person's face or behind, behind his back. Now, before Yom Kippur comes around, one should actually think in one's mind of any comments you may or things you have done that will require him to go to the injured party and ask for their forgiveness. Many people ask forgiveness from their friends for routine, relatively inconsequential insults. Forgiveness in such a case is easily asked for and easily given. But one must also approach those one who has seriously wronged and get their forgiveness. That's a much, much more difficult yet absolutely essential task. Okay, so let's deal with a couple of situations. Does Shimon need to appease or ask forgiveness from Ruvain if he knows that Ruvain has already forgiven him in his heart? So there are actually two opinions about that. Some say that, no, as long as Ruvain has been appeased and no longer bears a grudge, then there's no reason for Shimon to ask forgiveness since the goal has been achieved. Others, however, maintain that the process requires that Shimon humble himself before Ruvain and make up for hurting him by asking for Mechila. The embarrassment involved is part of the purification process, a form of a kind of a, you know, flagellation, a yesurim that the sinner has to go through before HaKadosh Baruch Hu may be granted. The fact that Reuven has already pardoned him doesn't remove that obligation. Now, 
while the major poiskim, including the Mishnubura, don't explicitly discuss this issue, so perhaps the support for the point is the Chofetz Chaim urged that the, uh, the, uh, what we say in the Tfilazaka, where we ask people for forgiveness, kind of towards, towards the end. So he moved it up right to the beginning of the, of the Tfilazaka, so that everyone would still recite it. Apparently, it was his view that reciting this paragraph is crucial, since it allows for forgiveness to be granted, despite the fact that Shimon did not humble himself and expressly uh, 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 ex- uh, approached Ruvain for, for forgiveness. Okay, another very, very common situation. Ruvain spoke Lashon Hara about, about Shimon. Right? Now, now he wants his forgiveness. Now, if Shimon is unaware of what exactly was said about him, is Ruvain required to go to Shimon, tell him what he said, in order for Shimon to forgive him completely? So again, if the Lashon Hara that was spoken was not accepted, no, it wasn't believed as true by the listeners, and therefore no harm was done to Shimon, Ruvain does not have to ask Shimon's forgiveness at all. He must, however, do tshuva for his Avera and ask forgiveness directly from Hashem. If the Lashon Hara did cause harm to Shimon, and Shimon is aware of the Lashon Hara that was said about him, Ruvain must beg Shimon directly. If Shimon is unaware of what was said about him, Ruvain must actually tell him. If the information will cause Shimon embarrassment or pain, then Ruvain need not elaborate upon the Lashon Hara that was spoken. A general request for forgiveness will 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 suffice. Rabbi Shah Salant explains that there is no need to hurt Shimon by letting him know the Lashon Hara that was spoken about him. He adds that the custom of asking forgiveness of everyone on Erev Yom Kippur avoids such unnecessary embarrassment. We'll be back in a moment with our last uh, uh, segment. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and we're still coming back one more time. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 1.9 Chai FM, Salt to Salt, back on the radio, Air Shabbos, Kedish Pashal Vayelach, first Shabbos of, of the year, Tavshin, Pei Beis. We're talking about asking people for Mechila, which is such an important part of the preparation for, for Yom Kippur. So here's a nice one. Ruvain feels that Shimon is upset at him for no reason. Does Ruvain have to appease him anyway? So the answer is yes, he does. For two different reasons. Firstly, because Ruvain must clarify whether or not Shimon has a legitimate claim of which Ruvain may be unaware. Secondly, the Sfasemis proves from the Gemara that even when someone is unjustifiably upset, he must still be appeased. 
It is reasonable to assume, however, that this is only required if Ruvain actually feels the pain, if actually did something that could cause Shimon to be upset. But if in fact Ruvain did nothing wrong and Shimon's grievances are irrational, possibly because, I don't know, he may be jealous of Ruvain or he's a insecure, neurotic kind of person, then Ruvain will have no obligation to, to appease him. Okay. Can uh, the appeasement be done through a messenger or must it be done in person? So, it's preferable that it be done in person. If, however, that is difficult to do, or if there is a better chance of getting forgiveness if it's done through a third party, then it should be done through a third party or by phone or WhatsApp if, 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 if you, if it's difficult. Chatkila though, it should be done face, face to face. Now, how does Ruvain react to Shimon's appeasement? So Ruvain is required to let his anger towards Shimon, even when justified, dissipate and abate. Ruvain must do this not only for the sake of Shimon, who otherwise will be denied forgiveness, but also for his own sake. He has to let go, and there are several reasons given. Number one, as children of Abraham Avinu, we are expected to learn from him and follow his example. Right? When he graciously forgave Abimelech for kidnapping Sarah, anyone who conducts himself differently is, in the words of the Rambam, cruel and kind of acting not the way a Jew should act. Number two, Hashem always deals with us mida kinegin mida in the same way that we deal with others. If Ruvain pardons Shimon for anything Shimon may have done to him, including acts that Shimon did, even intentionally or spitefully, then Hashem is going to forgive Ruvain for any sins that he may have done against HaKadosh Baruch including those sins done intentionally or spitefully. Three, one who allows hatred towards another person to remain in his heart blocks his tefillahs from being answered, from even reaching into Shemaim. And finally, according to some Rishonim, one who refuses to forgive transgressions, so it could even be violating the biblical prohibition of Sitar of bearing a grudge against the Jew. Let it go. Walk away. Everything that happens happens because Hashem wants it to happen and we can move, we can move on. All that stuff just me to wish you an amazing, amazing, beautiful first Shabbos of the year. And Rez Hashem, when Yom Kippur comes, an easy fast, a meaningful fast, and a Gemachasimatoiva to one and all.